What is going on, Cheat Code Sports Fantasy Football Podcast listeners? You got K-Love. You got Stevie P. We are coming at you with another podcast. What's going on, Steve? What's going on, Kev? What's going on, world? Uh, Steve and I intended to get back at you a little quicker with the uh, NFC, but uh, things got a little tight with our schedules, so we are now at you on Wednesday night. Um, we're going to start it off with the NFC North, uh, go to the South, the West, and then the East. So let's kick it off with the Chicago bears. Uh, just a reminder, basically what we're doing is, you know, going through, you know, guys whose arrows could be up or down, um, after the draft, now that we know, you know, where rookies are, um, and things of that nature. Um, and basically just talk about some of these rookies and there's, you know, what we think their fantasy projection will be that going into this year. Uh, probably mix in a little just overall offseason for these teams as well. So, like I said, we're going to start off with Chicago. Um, obviously, adding fields, um, drafting Tevin Jenkins in the second round. Um, you know, what do you think of these guys going into this year? I think Justin, F- I, I know a lot of people are saying Andy Dalton's going to start. Uh, the season and maybe by week two or three he loses the job and you know Justin Fields takes the job I just don't see how Andy Dalton starts a game for the Chicago Bears like this is the thing you have to think about right Matt Nagy and basically that whole front office are fighting for their jobs like this is a hundred percent agree with you yeah like they're fighting for their jobs this is this is not a situation where you can say all right andy uh why don't you come in here and throw a couple of passes and uh you know we're gonna get you out by week three no Mm. like they need to be like justin please save our jobs and and because andy Dalton ain't gonna save their jobs like let's be honest let's be real here y'all like let's be a hunt let's keep it 100 if 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 you had to choose between Andy Dalton and Justin Fields playing for you week one. Who are you picking? Like, it's not a question. You're picking. Justin if I'm putting Fields. my job on it, I would. I don't even really don't think it's a question. Exactly, and, you know and that's basically saying? what they're doing. Like this is this is for their jobs. Like this is for this is all for the meat and potatoes. You know what I mean? Like either you do what you got to do to to win this, you know, win this owner over to keep your job, or you lose your job. Like that that. You need Justin Fields playing week one, period. So I just don't see how that happens. You know, how Andy Dalton is, uh, you know, like I said, some people are saying, oh, he'll be there until week two. I don't, I just don't see it at all. I, I don't even think that's a thing. Um, With everybody else, like, so the offseason moves that a lot, of, a lot of people are saying, you know, Tariq Cohen coming back healthy after being, missing an entire season and David Montgomery, you know, having that full workload last year because of that situation, Damian Williams coming in. Let's be honest. Like, l- looking at this team, I don't know how, again, you can go bring in Damian Williams and give him a large workload watching the way that David Montgomery played at the end of last season, right? Like, uh, and now he had an easy schedule and you can you can say everything you need to say about David Montgomery. I don't think he's the most talented back in the NFL. But if this is what you're bringing to this team and you're saying, listen, we took this guy in the third round at the end of last season. He took the workload. He was the guy. 
that's going to continue in my eyes. That needs to continue. You don't revert back. You know, Tariq Khan comes in, obviously, because he's a specialist pass catcher, and he's dynamic with the ball in his hand. So, yeah, you definitely want to bring him in. And with Justin Fields being in the backfield, the way he kind of can maneuver around and get in the you know get in the open field, you kind of want that guy on the field a little bit. But David Montgomery is going to be the bell cow for this team with Tariq Cohen coming in and getting some pass catching work. And we talked a little bit about Khalil Herbert as well. Um, you know, a guy they think they got in the, like the sixth round. Who, if you look at him, man, he's he's built very nice. You know what I mean? We've talked a little bit, you know, off pod about him. Um, you know, and, and just how much he can really challenge to get some time out here. How do you think Herbert factors into this? Do you think it's kind of a wait and see approach? Um, I know Montgomery's got to be coming up on you know, got to be coming up on his fourth year, yeah. which would mean be a free agent. So yeah, I, I think, think this is his third year, actually. I definitely think Khalil Herbert could see the field. If Dave Montgomery's struggling, Damian Williams might not even make this team if Khalil Herbert is, is a thing. I think mm-hmm. we need to really pay attention to what's going on in the training camps and what's going on in mini camps. If you start hearing things like, you know, Bears are really impressed with Khalil Herbert and, you know, things like, oh, he's working into certain situations and things like that. Then you're going to want to be like, okay, you know, this is a guy maybe, obviously you're not going to draft in fantasy right now, but maybe could be a guy that, you know, if there's an injury there or something like that, you know, Tariq Cohen, or we already know he's coming off of a, of a serious knee injury. You know, David Montgomery, he hasn't been really injured in his career, but, you know, running back is a tough position. So, and I just don't think Damian Williams makes this team. If Khalil Herbert is a thing, I don't think Damian Williams makes the team. I think they probably cut him and just have Khalil Herbert as one of the guys, you know, ready to step in if something were to happen. All right. So um, that pretty much wraps up Chicago. We'll move on to the Detroit Lions. Um, so right off the bat, they draft Penny Sewell. Um, don't really do much with their wide receiving core. They draft um, Amon's Ross St. Brown. Um a lot of people have already pegged him as like the top, you know, target getter on this team with, uh, I guess, Brashard Perriman being one of the other guys. I don't even know who the other, their other receiver is at this point. Quintez uh, Cephas and Tyrell yeah, Williams see, and Brashard. Oh, Perryman. that's right. They did sign Tyrell Williams. So, yeah. t- you know, they got veteran pass catchers that have experience, but truth be told, like, I just love DeAndre Swift this year because I just think him and, and Jamal Williams as well. Like I think both are going to be usable in fantasy because they're both just going to touch the ball a ton. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, just, just looking at the team makeup, I think that what this team is going to want to do is, you know, you bring in Hunter Bryant who can block. I think there's going to see a lot of 12 personnel. You're going to see a lot of two tight end sets, you know, both those guys on the feed, TJ Hawkinson, Hunter Bryant. And when you have two tight end sets, you're going to see a lot of running game, a lot of, you know, dink and dunk passes out of the backfield to DeAndre Swift. You know, DeAndre Swift could be a, you know, 65 to 80 catch back this year, really, if you if you really break it down. Because, you know, the one thing you can say is Jamal Williams can catch the ball out of the backfield, but he's just not as dynamic with Swift as Swift coming out of the backfield. So, you know, I think what they brought Jamal Williams in to do a little bit more is to spell him in the rushing game, not really the passing game. Like, it, to me, it's almost stupid to take Swift off the field in passing situations to bring in Williams. But it's a nice thing to have with Williams being, an, uh, you know, an, a pretty good pass catcher and a pretty good runner, you know, where if you bring Swift off the field, you're not 
you know, teams don't go, okay, this is a pass play. This is yeah. a run play. You know what I mean? So you don't really have that scenario. But I just – I agree with Kev. I, I think that Swift could be an 18 to 20 touchback this year. And, and if you look at his numbers from last year and compare that to him getting 20 touches a game, you know, you're talking about an RB1 possibly. So, yes. you know, for me, I agree with Kev. I think with everything that we saw to DeAndre Swift last year – you know, we had AP taking carries from him. You know, carry on Johnson a little bit, got some carries taken, you know, with, you know, taking away carries from Swift. This year, you really just have Jamal Williams. And, you know, I don't think it's going to be a 50-50 timeshare. I think it's probably going to be a 70-30 type deal. You know what I mean? I think, I think they need to lean on Swift to really get this train moving. Like you need to see what you got with this guy and you need to see, because guess what? Next year, if Jared Goff don't, don't work out, then guess what? You're going to get your quarterback next year. Yeah. So 100%. You, you need to see what's going on. Yeah. To me, like, you know, I a hundred percent agree. I mean, even, even if Jared Goff is steady this year, I think they'll ride him out next year and try to improve the receiving core and just eventually get their quarterback when they, they feel like they're ready. But um, this is a team that's just geared to run the football. Dan Campbell, bite your kneecap off, you know, is his quote unquote, you know, famous or his famous quote. Um, you know, so this is definitely going to be a team that's going to be geared around running the football. Um, and, and, you know, basically their wide receivers and their, their pass catchers show it. Yeah, real quick. So to talk about the pass catchers, I know, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown's getting a lot of hype because they're saying he could be the number one pass catcher. I I just really quickly want to say, you know, Jared Goff does go to the, the slot. That's where Amon Ross St. Brown gonna, is going to play because, you know, he's a bigger slot corner, just kind of like, you know, what Jared Goff just left with, you know, the Rams. Yeah. So Cooper Cup with Cooper Cup being you know basically the same size. I think Cooper Cup is actually six one or six two. Um, you know, right around the same weight, like two oh five. I think Cooper Cup is. You know, I'm out around St. Brown is six one one ninety five. So you're talking about the same similar build, similar size uh, guy. So you know, you could definitely see that. But the other guy that I think a lot of people are going to sleep on is Terrell Williams. Like mm-hmm. I, I think Terrell Williams showed that one year with the Raiders that he was the number one guy. He wasn't a great number one, but guess what? He was a top 24 guy at the end of that year. So, you know, I don't want people to write him off and say, oh, you know, Terrell Williams is now nobody I'm drafting. I mean, you could probably get him in round 13, and, you know, he could end up being a top 36 guy. So, you know, don't sleep on Terrell Williams. Yep. All right, on to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, We really don't need to touch on them as much because we kind of touched on them in the draft. Yeah. Uh, podcast, but um, they add Josh Myers, Amari Rogers. Um, I don't real, really think. Real quick, Kev. So, this is the only thing I want to say about this team. So, okay, if A Rod is not there, what round are you so, taking Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams? Okay. <laughs> so for me, Devontae, I'm not moving Devontae too much. Probably second round, um, because I just think he's the only guy they can throw to there. So I still think he's going to get a boatload of targets. Um, Aaron Jones, I probably, probably just leaving Aaron Jones where he is. I mean, I don't, I don't really think they change too much specifically because they've always kind of been so much of that team's uh, production 
And so if you get a new quarterback in there, whether it's Jordan Love, Blake Bortles, anybody else who they sign, you know, you know, sign somebody else as well. Whoever that quarterback is, I just don't think it it, it really I don't want to say it doesn't do much of a difference because obviously having Aaron Rodgers makes a ton of difference. But I obviously think they're going to use they probably use Jones more, which would be a, a probably a, ble- a a blessing for him and anybody who wants to draft him. And I still think, you know, Devontae Adams is going to get 150 targets. You know what I mean? There's nobody else on the team outside of maybe Robert Tanya to throw to. Um, I, I saw some people comparing Amari Rogers to like the new Ryan, Randall Cobb. Like, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't think Rogers is, is anything to, to, too, too good. So, you know, to me, I wouldn't be moving him that much. Like I said, I'd probably move Devontae into maybe the late second. Um, and I'd move, uh, I'd keep Aaron Jones probably in the first round. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm keeping Aaron Jones. I you know you guys remember we did our running back you know early, super early running back rankings, and I had Aaron Jones at three. Um, with no A Rod, I can't have him at three. Like he's gonna probably drop to the five or six or seven somewhere in there. You know I have to relook at it and figure it out. But he's definitely still a first round guy for me. Devontae Adams would probably still be in the first round for me. I'd probably keep him at the end instead of taking him. You know, for me, Devontae Adams right now with Aaron Rodgers is probably like the sixth player I'm taking off my board. Without Aaron Rodgers, it's probably like 11 or 12. And it's just because, like Kev said, there's nobody else to really throw the ball to. And I think Devontae Adams is good enough that no matter who's throwing to him, he's going to probably catch, you know, close to 100 balls. And the thing that reason why I feel a little more confident in keeping him in that first round and keeping him as maybe, you know, my second or third wide receiver off the board is because. The one thing that we know about the Packers is Aaron Rodgers is so is just so damn efficient that they don't need to throw the ball, you know, 600 times. I want to say that they threw the ball like 550 times last year, 530, something like that. I can't remember the exact number. I would have to look it up. But if they lose Aaron Rodgers, they're going to be losing a lot of games. They're going to be losing a ton of games. Yeah, they're going to be losing a lot of games. So you could see them yeah. throwing 600, 650, 650 times. And if Devontae Adams is going to see a – a boost in targets um you know i definitely think that he could definitely finish you know in the top three still uh no matter how that ends up happening so you know definitely a guy that i'm interested in the one guy on this team that me and kev i think we both agreed i want to say i had kaylin hill at seven and kev had him at like five or something like that uh when we did it so kylan hill um He's a guy that I, you know, if you're in Dynasty and you have Taxi Squad, he was a de- he's definitely a guy I would, you know, take in your, you know, fifth round or maybe off your, you know, maybe off your waiver wire if nobody drafts him and put him in your Taxi Squad because, you know, Aaron Jones is 27 years old. I don't, you know, A.J. Dillon, I think he's just okay. I don't think he's that great of a player. And, you know, Kylan Hill showed his receiving chops uh, in three games last year. So, I, you know, I think that this could definitely be a situation where, you know, Kylan Hill could be the pass catching back. You know, he's only 22 years old. He's young. So, you know, it could be a one-two punch if, if Aaron Jones leaves after, you know, two years from now. And, you know, Kylan Hill ends up being their pass catching back. Definitely a guy that I would be interested in picking up in Dynasty. All right. Yes or no? If you had to say now, is Aaron Rodgers gone? Yes. I don't think he plays for the Packers the next year. I know a lot of people are saying he will and, you know, they'll work it out. No, and it just, uh, yeah, I, I just, there's a reason there, there's a reason them and Houston are both loading up on corner, but Deshaun Watson's as good as gone. Yeah. Like they've signed five quarterbacks there. I think, 
They drafted Davis Mills. They signed Tyrod. They signed Ryan Finley. They signed. Um, they just signed somebody today. I saw as well. Um, but they've signed like four or five quarterbacks as well as drafting um, Davis Mills. So Deshaun Watson's gone. And if you notice, like the, the Packers kind of did the same thing. They still got love. They got Blake. They picked up Blake Bortles. They, um, I think they signed another quarterback that, you know, has ties to uh, Matt LaFleur. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree. I think Watson and Rodgers are both on different teams next year. Yep. And then we move on to um, the Minnesota Vikings to end the North. Um, outside of Christian Darisol, like really not much to this team. Um, you know, obviously that will really help the offensive line, which they they definitely need improvement on from last year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean they, they draft Kellen Mond uh, in like the third round, I think. Maybe hope to uh, you know catch lightning in a bottle and, and possibly take J- Cousins' job in a couple years, similar to the way Dak did for you know for 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 Dallas as like a third round quarterback. But outside of that, most of their most of their draft was defense. Yep. Uh, really, the only thing I have to add is if you're in Dynasty, Callan Mund uh, is definitely a quarterback that I want. So, you know, right now in, in most Dynasty drafts, he's going at the end of the third, beginning of the fourth, and I like him there. So, you know, especially if you're in a 2QB league, something like that, he's definitely a guy that I would pick up, you know, put on my taxi squad, and, uh, you know, they're going to develop him. And like I told you before, he's one of the, you know, he's only 22 years old. Well, I think he's 21. He's going to be 22 soon. Um, but, yeah, a guy that I like a lot, and they took him in the third round. So you know, I'm not saying that Kirk Cousins is, is out, but they have two more years of Kirk. And after that, it could be the Kellen Mond show. So I would get him, you know, this year, put him on the taxi squad and, and see what happens. Moving on to the NFC South, um, the Atlanta Falcons. Obviously, they draft Kyle Pitts in the first round. Um, adding Pitts, how much do you think that does for you know to take away from Ridley and Julio Jones? Um, I think what Ridley right now is like, what a second round pick. Yep. Uh, I think Julio is like a third round pick at this point. Um, maybe late second. I don't, you know, I haven't, I honestly haven't really done my, many mock drafts, which is honestly a shame for me. I got to admit, <laughs> I usually, by this time I've done, you know, one a day, but, yeah. um, so do you think that Kyle Pitts comes in and takes away from their production or adds to their production? No, nah, I think this, I, I think it's wheels up for this Atlanta Falcons offense. I think this could be a top seven offense in the league. Um, so late round Matt Ryan. Yeah. I, I mean, Matt Ryan is a guy that I definitely, you know, I hate rostering Matt Ryan. I, <laughs> I hate rostering Matt Ryan. But this might be the year where I'm like, okay, I'll take Matt Ryan and be okay with it. Uh, you know, I would rather have a better quarterback because Matt Ryan does have those games where he just face plants and kills your whole team. Uh, but at the same breath, you know, I just don't see I, – I don't think they get rid of Julio. You know what I mean? Like, their division is is very winnable. Like, th- th- yeah. we have to remember, like, there is no more Drew Brees in this division. Right. Yeah, but the Super Bowl champs are still there. Oh uh, yeah, the Bucks. Are, <laughs> the Bucks are there, and I. And I mean, I don't. I don't think they win it. I definitely don't think Atlanta has a chance to win it over the Bucks. But you know, two teams could get out of this division. You know, and make the playoffs. I mean, they could be a team that makes the playoffs because I think they're better than Carolina, and I think they're better than New Orleans. You know, I mean, New Orleans defense is good, but 
you know, we don't know which quarterback it's going to be. We don't know what the, you know, what the hell's going to go on there. And Atlanta, listen, if Atlanta's defense plays the way it did the last six games of the season and their offense can be a similar offense to what they had two years ago, this team could, could be a playoff team. So, you know, I don't think Julio's going anywhere. I think this is a situation where if you look at the team, it's the perfect situation for Matt Ryan to, to flourish, right? You got, and this is the other thing. A lot of people are like, oh, Kyle Pitts has no chance of producing this year because he's a, a rookie tight end. This is what I will say to that. This is not a normal rookie tight end. Like this guy is, is different. He's completely different. He lines up in the slot. And when you put him in the slot, there ain't a slot corner in the NFL that can block this guy period. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you bring a safety down, he'll beat him with his speed. If you bring a linebacker on him, he'll beat him with his speed. If you put a slot receiver, they're too small. Like they're, this guy is going to be used in the slot. I, I, it would not surprise me if he lined up in the slot 60% of the time. And if he does that, the only person he's really going to hurt is Russell Gage because Russell Gage is the slot receiver on this team. So, you know, you bring Kyle Pitts into the slot at 6'6", 240, like, come on, dude. Like, there's no way th- this... <laughs> He, I know the over-under, I think the over-under, I was looking at it, I want to say it was like 77 receptions. I want to say it was like 900 yards, and, and which is way better than the other tight end. Mike Dick was the only tight end who had better stats than what the projection is or what you know Vegas is giving you for over-under. Kyle Pitts might do it. I, I, like, I have no doubt that Kyle Pitts might do this. So, uh, you know, I, if that happens... If Kyle puts up 77 catches for 900 yards, Julio can put up 1,500-yard season every year, right? And then Calvin Ridley is easily a 1,200-yard receiver. You're talking about 3,000 yards just between those three receivers, not including all the what Mike Davis is going to do, what Russell Gage is going to do, what Alamade – I hate this. I cannot say this guy's first name. Alamade, Zacchaeus, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it just all those guys could put up – you know, pretty good numbers. Hayden Hurst is still on the team. He's could put up some numbers. Matt Ryan could easily have a 45, 5,000 yard season and 30 touchdowns, 30, 30, yeah, 30. 35 touchdowns. So, you know, wheels up for this Atlanta Falcons team for me. You heard it here. Steve's taking Matt Ryan as his, his surprise <laughs> quarterback for the year. Um, Carolina is next up. Um, they drafted Terrence Marshall, obviously, in the second round. Uh, drafted Brady Christensen with their um, their third-round pick. Um, they get Tommy Treble. They get Chuba Hubbard, um, as well as bringing in, of course, Sam Darnold to be their quarterback. Um, anything about this that stands out outside of Sam Darnold? Where do you think Sam Darnold stands now with this team, these weapons, Um you know, still getting McCaffrey back. How, how do you think that does for Darnold going into fantasy? I'm going to call it now. And this is probably going to be my most bold call of all the play, of everybody because everybody's going to be like, oh, this is this, – he's crazy. Sam Darnold's going to be a top 15 quarterback this year. That's yeah, uh, that's definitely seeable, doable. He, he's, he's going to be a top 15, and I have no doubt about it. I, I know people have him in the, tw- you know, twenty mid-20s. You know, he's being drafted in two, t- two quarterback leagues, like twenty between 22 and 24. He's going to be a top, tw- uh, top 15 guy. And if he got into the top 12, I would not be surprised. Christian McCaffrey just is a weapon that this dude has never had, yep. right? He's getting DJ Moore, so now you have the speed on the outside. Say. 
Yeah, I was gonna say uh, DJ Moore is a weapon he probably never He's had. Never had. Yeah, Robbie he, Anderson Robbie he had Anderson. before, but Robbie Anderson in this offense clearly is a lot better of a player than he was with the Jets. Exactly. Terrace Marshall is a wide receiver that I told you guys it would not surprise me if he was the best wide receiver. You know, when we look ten years from now and we look at this class, you know, he has the best numbers at all the guys. You know, like, he's he's probably the one of the more athletic. Yeah. He just really needs to like polish it up. Polishes polishes skills. 100%. And he's young. He's twenty years old. So you know what I mean? Like he's got a lot of room to grow. But, you know, I really love everything that this team is about. Like I, I there's not really any there's not really any position on this team that I think is weak because, you know, I know tight end has been a weakness on this team for a long time, but Dan, they brought in Dan Arnold. And if you watched Dan Arnold play last year, last, you know, last season for Arizona, Aaron, you know, when he got targets, he was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, he's six foot six, 220 pounds. He's a, definitely a pass catching uh, tight end. You know, Ian Thomas is still on the team. And I know people tried to make him a thing for a million years and he's just not a thing. Yeah. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta, tight end that I think could be good. You got three wide receivers that I love. You have DJ Moore in case any of those guys gets hurt. You know, I mean, David Moore in case any of those guys gets hurt. Um, you know, Christian McCaffrey, Truber Hubbard. I, I just feel like Sam Donald almost can't fail. Like, as long as this guy can get the ball into Christian McCaffrey's hands, DJ Moore's hands, and Robbie Anderson's hands, and we already know he has a, a rapport with Robbie, yeah. I just don't see how he's he, how he fails. I, I easily see him being a 4,000-yard quarterback. I easily see him throwing for at least 25 touchdowns uh, on this team. And, you know, I think Sam Darnold is finally going to show you what he can do when he has a better coach and a better team to play with. Yeah, I, I am super excited for Sam Darnold heading into this year. I mean, like you said, um, just having um, – uh, Matt Rule is his coach, you know, a guy that actually seems like he knows football um, compared to the last coach Darnold has played, you know, has played with for basically his whole career. Um, you know, having those weapons around him, which he never had with the Jets. Uh, I am super excited for Sam Darnold this year. I think it's going to do I think it's going to do a lot of things for this team. Yep, I completely agree. Uh, we really don't need to get into Saints as much. They did not really do anything. They really didn't have a lot of cap room, obviously. Uh, one thing I will say about the Saints. Have you seen the Jameis Winston training videos? Yeah, I have. I he want... looks like a beast, dude. I yeah, thought like trying. like you watch you look at him on the you look at him like on the field. He looks kind of like a little chunky. He don't like he looks skinny in these videos. I was very surprised. I, I I want Jameis to win the job. I do not want the Saints to come out here with um, Taysom Hill as their quarterback because I, I just think that's that leads them nowhere. So, like I, I really want to see what Jameis has uh, in this offense with a with an offensive line, uh, offensive mind like Sean Payton. Yeah, I agree. I I mean like. I really hope Jameis wins this job. You know, yeah. for for mainly, it's not even for Michael, Michael Thomas. Thomas is <laughs> it's, it's not even so much for Michael Thomas. It's for Alvin Kamara. Like Taysom yeah. Hill, if you watch 100%. those, if you watch those games, like Alvin Kamara, he barely looked at Alvin Kamara at all in those games. And if Alvin Kamara is not going to catch seventy five passes, he's just not going to be as good as he was. You know, I mean, a year ago, and yeah. you know, obviously, I don't think he's going to match what he did a year ago. A year ago, he was ridiculous you know i mean the dude was ridiculous but you know i could clearly see if Jameis winston is the is quarterback for this team i just think you know 
Alvin Kamara is going to be Alvin Kamara. Michael Thomas will be Michael Thomas. And really, that's the only two guys you got to worry about. I mean, the only other person that I really think, you know, on this team that I'm drafting is Adam Troutman. And it's it's a late, late flyer on a guy hoping that, you know, his six foot 250 your six foot six two fifty shows up the way it did in a couple of games last year, and I would really like that. So, other than that, you know, there's not anybody on this team I want. You know what I mean? Like even Latavius Murray last year didn't look like Latavius Murray from years past. He's not a guy that I'm. You know, he's not a handcuff that I think you absolutely have to have. So, you know, I I hope Jameis wins this job. Yep. And we will move on to the Buccaneers, who also did not really do much to, you know, they basically just signed all their players back. Yeah. Um, they add Kyle Trask in the second round, who, you know, Steve, I know, is a big fan of just as his for his Florida, you know, just from his Florida Gator Gator fandom. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, definitely an accurate quarterback um, guy with a good, pretty good amount of touch on the ball from what I've seen from him. Um Outside of that, though, there's, they didn't really do anything to affect this year's fantasy. I mean, they're basically rolling with the same team. Yep, Giovanni Bernard. I know a lot of people are, are you know, yeah. talking about Gio going there and, you know, this and that. Uh, and from what I've heard, that is a Tom Brady thing. Tom Brady, yeah. you know, likes Gio. And what, yeah. So he really likes what he saw, you know, from Gio in, you know, Cincinnati. So I think Tom likes I think Tom liked Gio's mustache. <laughs> I think that's really what it's about. <laughs> For real. real. But um, Gio is a guy that I actually probably would take like super late 13th round, 14th round and hope that he gets the James White treatment uh, from Tom Brady and nobody expects it. So I I, I would be, you know, I would be that's definitely a guy that I would be, you know, targeting super late. If I if you have to take him in round 10, don't do it. But, you know, let somebody else take him in round 10. But if he's there at round you know, end around 12, beginning around 13, and you see him and, you know, you need another running back, you know, a guy I would add. All right. So that's it for the South. We're going to move on to the NFC West. Uh, this division probably we're going to fly through because I really don't think there's too much to get into. You have the Arizona Cardinals. Um, <clears throat> does Rondell Moore come in here and really do damage to Christian Kirk? Yes. Like, have they given Christian Kirk enough rope now, and he has kind of hung himself? So it's time to time to get somebody new that has a kind of a similar skill set, you know? Yeah. And, and you know, it's that's pretty much what it seems like. Yeah, I, I mean, I still think Christian Kirk will, you know, this is what I will say. I think it can basically eliminates Andy Isabella. <laughs> yeah, this Andy Isabella is not not even a thing anymore. Yeah. But what I will say is this: so. If A.J. Green has any semblance of being a good wide receiver still in the NFL, yeah, Christian Kirk is completely dead. Because if he can't win that job on the outside, and I know they run a lot of four wide receiver sets, so you know he'll still be in the slot, but I just don't see how you target him if A.J. Green still looks like A.J. Green at 80% of A.J. Green. Because 80% of A.J. Green is better than what Christian Kirk has shown and i was a huge christian kirk fan love this kid i thought he was going to end up being awesome and he just has not panned out like he's you know he's a possession receiver that's basically what he's shown since he's been there and you got deandre hopkins who is the best possession receiver in football (laughs) you know what i mean um rondell moore to me is the guy coming out of the slot that 
could set the world on fire this year. Like I, I know a lot of people are not going to be drafting Rondell Moore, you know, in fantasy leagues. They're gonna because they think he's too small and all that, you know, they're jazz. I don't care. Like I, I think if you watch the way this is the perfect example of what I can give you. So if you watch the way Kyler runs the ball, right? And you watch what he did with Chase Edmonds last year. There was a lot of times where he gets to the outside, Chase Edmonds, he dumps dumps a little dump off to Chase Edmonds, Chase Edmonds runs it in for a touchdown. It happened a lot last year. I watched a lot of Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. If he's going to be doing that and then throwing it another five or six yards down the field to Rondell Moore, Rondell Moore can do the exact same thing. Yeah, Rondell Moore can do the exact same thing. So it would not surprise me if Rondell was, you know – 60 catches this year for seven, 800 yards and five touchdowns. And I'll take that all day and, you know, around 11 or 12. And most people aren't even going to be thinking about Rondell. And, you know, I, I've done a couple of mock drafts and, you know, earliest I've seen him go, I want to say I saw him go in round 10. Maybe it was my round 10. I think it was today or maybe yesterday, but, you know, that's the earliest I've seen him go. I have not seen him go before round 10 or, you know, before round 11 in any draft that I've done. Yeah. Yeah. I, I 100% agree. I think Rondell Moore is going to slide right into the slot role. Um, and I do think Kirk's going to probably play in the other side, on the slot on the other side. Like you said, they run a lot of four receiver sets for Arizona. Um, so I, I think that the, all four of those guys, you know, I, I haven't heard anything on the Larry Fitzgerald front. Um, they still do have Andy Isabella, but you know, ultimately I think that four for at wide receiver is pretty dangerous for Kyler Murray, especially with, you know, in a kind of elusive back in Chase Edmonds out of the backfield. Um, adding James Kiner as Connor is kind of the power punch. Um, I think I think Arizona's kind of geared up to have a very good offensive year as well. Just you know, similar to what we were talking about with Atlanta. Yep, I agree. All right, so now we move on to the Los Angeles Rams, another team really that didn't do much. They obviously added Matthew Stafford. They drafted Tutu Atwell in the draft. I was not as high. I like this dude was way too small for what I think is going to be a real a successful NFL player. Um, you know, maybe they just stash him behind Deshaun Jackson, get his weight up, and then next year he just takes over that that spot. But uh, outside of that, I mean, Stafford obviously. You know, has the ability to add a ton of statistics to this team. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Matt Stafford is going to be at the top twelve for me at quarterback. He's probably going to be. He might be like my number nine. I, I just Matt Stafford has never had the weapons. He's had one weapon, Calvin Johnson, which is the best weapon you could probably have that he could probably ever have. Yeah, but Cooper Cup, hey, Robert Woods. Galladay, Galladay, and Golden Tate and Marvin Jones. Yeah, uh, they were was good. Probably, yeah. I mean, when 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 Tate and Jones were in their primes, and Galladay was like kind of coming on. I, yeah. I think he had a, you know, he, he that was a good amount of weapons there. Definitely. But you know, this, but this this what they got now is yeah. What they got now is Cam Akers. I think is the real deal. Cam Akers yeah. is twenty one years old still. Like Cam Akers yeah. is for real. Um, Cooper Cup, love Cooper Cup. You guys have heard my love for Cooper Cup. I've told you a thousand times how much I love Cooper Cup. Robert Woods, I'm a Buffalo Bills fan, so Robert Woods is in my heart forever. I love Robert Woods. Uh, Tutu Atwell is obviously a guy that's not going to do anything this year, but Deshaun Jackson being there, I think opens this whole thing up. You know what I mean? If De- if Djax can stay healthy, and that's why I think they drafted Tutu because they want the 
you know, if Jackson is not healthy, at least they have Tutu there to do what Jackson does. And it's not really the same because Tutu's not as fast as Jackson. No. And but, they also still have Van, Van Jefferson. Yeah, Van but, Jefferson. Uh, you know, he's kind of going to be a James Reynolds who just cuts exactly. slides in there here and there. So Exactly. So, you know, and then, uh, you know, they still have Tyler Higby, which, you know, if you guys know anything about Matthew Stafford, he does throw to the tight end. So, you know, I just don't see how Matthew Stafford does it. And this is the other thing a lot of people are not talking about, and, and it's kind of annoying annoying me. I, I, listen to a, I listen to fantasy podcasts, you know, to see what other analysts think and, you know, what they're talking about. And one thing that I've heard a lot is Cam Akers, uh, you know, could lose some touches because they, they put the ball in Matthew Stafford's hands and they let him do his thing. And, you know, Cam Akers, that could be the one thing that hurts Cam Akers. And I just don't agree. Do we not remember Riddick, feel Riddick yeah. from, you know, in the Lions time with yeah. Matthew Stafford? Like, Cam Akers can catch the ball. Like, and, <laughs> and let's not forget, like – this team had Todd Gurley along with all those receivers putting up numbers. So yeah, let's, let's, Todd was catching like 50 balls that. a yeah. year. If like, anything, the only thing I would say that could possibly take away from Cam Akers is, is, is Darrell Henderson actually being a thing, you know, yeah, where they I run this with a one, two punch. And I don't think, I don't think that's going to happen either, but no. that's the only thing I could possibly see that would really affect Cam being, uh, uh, you know, uh, a go-to back. Yeah. I, I think, I think Henderson kind of played himself out of that that getting a bunch of touches role. I mean, last year they just – you clearly saw it, especially towards the end of the – towards the playoffs. I mean, he had a couple of bad games. Uh, he had a fumble. He got hurt. Like, he was just yeah. – and basically they were just like, all right, we're done. We're just going to give the ball to Cam Akers and let him do yeah. his thing. And that's basically what happened. Like, I just I just don't see how Cam Akers fails. I'm just saying it from – seeing it from the standpoint of maybe like a Jamal Williams to Aaron Jones – where you're just like, what is going on? Why is Cam Akers not on the field? Uh, you know, I, I could see that happen where it's like two drives to one drive, um, a split like that. But, you know, ultimately, Akers is clearly the better player if you watch any of their games last year. Yes, sir. All right. So moving on to Seattle, not really much to talk about. Russell's back. Um, it seems like they've repaired the relationship uh, from what, you know, we've been hearing recently. Um didn't really do much in the draft to like upgrade their offense like that. You know what I mean? Uh, re-signed Chris Carson, brought him back. Um, they get Rashad Penny back. Uh, you know, what do you think got... about, what do you think about Rashad Penny this year? I, I've had a lot of questions about Rashad Penny. Like, should yeah. I keep him in my dynasty league? Should I try to get you should rid definitely of him? Keep him in your dynasty league? Yeah, I, I definitely would keep him in my dynasty league. Um, I think a lot of people are nervous because of the think, fifth year option. They declined it. Yeah. But so real quick, the fifth year option, all the fifth year option does is lock you into not having to pay him exactly. another contract. So that doesn't mean that he's going to leave Seattle. I mean, that no. just means that, you know, if he, at the end of the season they choose they want to they want to keep him, they need to sign him. You know what I mean, yeah. the fifth year option is literally just to extend you know, number one round or first round picks, you know, to be able to say, okay, we're going to pay them for a fifth year, the same, you know, the rest of their rookie salary or whatever. Now they can't do that with him because they declined it. So now they have to sign him to a deal, but that doesn't mean he's gone. If he has a good season this year, obviously, you know, he's 
a year, a whole year and a half younger than Rashad Penny. I mean, than Chris Carson is. So it would not surprise me if, you know, Penny had a good year. I mean, he was having a good year before he got hurt. Like, I I think he's an okay, you know, I think he's definitely an okay guy. And Chris Carson and him could be a one-two punch for a couple years to come. Yeah, I mean, Chris Carson is also, like, he's in his – he just signed a two-year contract. Yeah, he's 26 so he, years old. So. He's going to be their running back for the for the next couple of years. Um, and like you said, you know, if Penny just comes in to spell him, give him a breather here and there, Penny could be usable, especially at this offense, because, you know, we've seen Penny kind of have some game-breaking type plays. Yep. So he could be a guy kind of like that, like similar let, to what Tariq Cohen was maybe a couple years ago. Yep. And let's not pretend that Chris, you know, Chris Carson is the pillar of health. Like this dude no, misses two, absolutely. three games every single year. So, absolutely. you know, just for that fact, you want Penny. Yep. All right, and moving on to the San oh, wait, Francisco. Real quick, real quick. Okay. Kevin. Uh, Dwayne Eskridge. I mean, third round draft, third round draft pick. Um, I actually like Dwayne Eskridge. I, I know a lot of people were saying, you know, not really sure about him. Blah 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 blah. I I liked what I saw from tape on tape from this kid. So to me. You know, I know David Moore just left the team, so I think he very quickly becomes the third wide receiver on this team. And if we saw anything from Russell Wilson, this is the other thing. I don't know why you would take Eskridge in the second round, right, if you're not going to throw the ball. Like, I know they're saying they want to run the ball, you know, they want to get it back to round and pound the way they were doing before, but the moves that they made didn't really say that. Like the moves they made were kind of like, all right, we want to keep building this this passing game around for Russ, Russ. around Russ. Yeah. So I think they're trying to appease Russ and say, hey, listen, we got you another wide receiver, we got you a weapon, you know, let's you know, let's stay here with us, you know what I mean, and keep Russ happy. So I do think they're going to throw the ball a little more than people are thinking. I, th- you know, it's going to be. It's probably going to be close to 50-50, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was 55-45 or even 60-40. All right. So now we can move on to the 49ers. Um, obviously, the big name of the of the offseason for them is Trey Lance. Trey so Lance. this is going to basically be the same question as Justin Fields. Does Trey Lance start? Does Trey Lance sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo? Um, this looks like more of the opposite of what Chicago is dealing with. Like, I'm pretty sure Kyle Shanahan's safe in his job. Um, so he can probably groom Trey Lance for a year, ride out Jimmy, and then, you know, make the move next year to Trey Lance when, you know, once he's kind of get him a year to, you know, grow into his the NFL job. Yeah, this is a situation where I think Jimmy probably does do what a lot of people are saying that uh, Andy Dalton is going to do with the Chicago Bears. I think Jimmy plays maybe three or four games, and they go right to Lance. You know what I mean? So this is the thing. Like it all I, depends on it all depends on the success of the team. Yeah, you know what I mean? It, honestly, I I, I get. I don't even think it matters. I think if they're like three and one during week four and Trey Lance is good to go, they think he's ready to go. I think they put him in like you spent a third round pick on the guy. You keep talking about how great he is, you know, on the chalkboard and on the whiteboard and saying that he's so smart and he's such a good, you know, he's such a good player. He's, you know, he's reading defenses. He's, you know, calling stuff out to us when we're putting it on the board. And I just don't see why, why not get him on the field sooner rather than later? Like, 
I just don't think Jimmy G is good. I, let's be honest. I, I mean, like, in NFL perspective, Jimmy G is not great. In real-life perspective, Jimmy G is a good – if you make it to the NFL, you're great, period. Yeah. You know what I mean? But in NFL terms, I don't just don't think Jimmy G is, is, is a guy that's going to lead this team to a Super Bowl and win it. You know what I mean? Like he showed, he he took this team to the Super Bowl because the defense was just ridiculous. Their defense was stupid. So, and Raheem Mostert came on at hard, you know, real strong at the end of the season and carried them. Because if you remember yeah. those playoffs, Jimmy G didn't win those games. It was oh, Raheem that was Raheem Mostert. Yeah, that was Raheem Jimmy Mostert. Jimmy G had like thirteen <laughs> pass attempts for in the real, one game. For real, the so, game against yeah, the game against Green Bay. He, I don't I don't even know if it was. I think it might have been twelve. Yeah. Dude. So yeah, and then they just don't. I just if you're gonna win games. And they say that he, you know, Trey Lance is as smart as he is, and he's as good as he is, and blah blah. blah. I just don't see why you, I don't see why you keep Jimmy G in there, uh, you know, especially because the trade deadline is week eight, and if that's the case, I think they could be trying to move Jimmy G, you know, and just say, yeah. hey, let's get Lance in there, so, you know, try to recoup some of the the draft capital because if you remember, they gave they gave a, what was it a first and a second to the New England Patriots. Uh, to get Jimmy G, so they need to recoup some of that. You know, they're not, they're not going to get that much, but you know, they maybe they get a third round for Jimmy G to a team that you know could use him. So I, I think Lance starts relatively early. Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I like I said, I think it's all going to depend on the success of the team. I think if they're three and one, I think that if they're you know moving forward in the playoff hunt and Garoppolo is isn't completely stinking up the joint and the reason why they're not better yeah i probably think they just ride garoppolo until you know kind of until they're out of it or you know until next season um does trey sermon do anything for you in this offense with the running backs on the team i obviously have a plethora of them at this point you have raheem Mostert, you have jeff wilson mm-hmm. you have wayne gallman you have do they still have mckinnon Oh no, they don't have McKinnon. McKinnon they don't have Kansas City. Yeah, oh, they okay. still have Elijah Mitchell though. They have, uh, you know, Wayne Gallman. They, they the, got the rookie from last year, Jamichael uh, Jamichael uh, Haste or Jamichael Hasty. Hasty, yep. Hasty still on the team. They, I mean, they got a lot of running backs. All these guys are not going to make the team. Uh, yeah. What I will say is, Raheem Mostert is going to be the guy. I think Marie Moster is going to be the guy until he gets hurt. And he has shown that he cannot stay healthy, period. If he goes down, I know a lot of people are going to say Jeff Wilson takes over. I just don't think that's the case. I mean, they spent a third-round pick on Trey Sermon, you know, and on, they said that they would they wanted to take him in the second round, but, you know, decided that they were going to go offensive line, in the, you know, in the second round. And then, you know, when they seen him there in the third round, they said, okay, we're going to take him here. And that's what they ended up doing. So, you know, for me, I think if Mostert gets hurt, Trey Sermon is the guy I want. So whatever perspective round you're taking Raheem Mostert in, uh, you know, a lot of people are going to take Jeff Wilson probably two rounds later. I think if you're a smart, savvy owner, you wait until you see Jeff Wilson go and you take Trey Sermon immediately. So if it's – you know, let's say Raheem Mostert goes in the beginning of round five or, you know, late round six or you know, late, late round four, right? And then you see Jeff Wilson go off the board in round seven, you know, middle of round seven, end of round seven. That's when you need to jump on Trey Sermon. 
you know what I mean? And if you're the picking at the end of round seven or you're picking in the be, you know beginning of round eight or middle of round eight, you need to get a Trey Sermon then. Don't wait. Just get him. Because if he ends up, Moster gets hurt, tears his knee up, does whatever, you know, knock on wood, I don't want that to happen to him. But if something happens to him, which we know has happened in the past to Raheem Mostert, Trey Sermon, I think, is going to be the guy that they, you know, they put in there. Yeah, I 100% want to get Trey Sermon on my team, especially like a situation where you kind of get go zero running back. Um, as the draft goes on, I think you, you, you know, I don't know wh- where is Trey Sermon's ADP right now? Uh, I'll tell you right now. Uh, go ahead, keep calling. I would say even the eighth, eighth round seems very high. But, you know, I mean, if you're able to get, you know, Trey Sermon in the 11th or 12th round, I I love that. If you went zero RB and you're just trying to fill your roster up with, um, you know, running backs that could potentially take over the job due to injury, you know, as well as obviously the, the scat backs will be in there. But, you know, his that would his be a, ADP right now is 12th round. That would be perfect. I, th- I would throw him on my team because, like you said, Raheem Mostert's almost guaranteed to get hurt. He does almost. He has every year, um, and I, I do. I think I like Sermon and what I saw at Ohio State, um, you know, last year, and I just think that uh, it, you know, he will be the guy. It might be a one-two punch with Jeff Wilson. I think this there's definitely something to Jeff Wilson with this team. He just seems like he's just always there, and. He'll have those games where he gets like three touchdowns, and you're like, "What the hell are they doing?" But um, I do. I they definitely drafted Sermon for a reason. Um, you know, I think he fits the scheme. Um, as, as he, if you watch him, he's very much of a run cut, one cut running back and hit the hole, uh, runs with power. So I, I do think that that uh, he fits their system. And if if Moster goes down, he's probably the guy. Yep, Jeffrey Wilson is going in the eighth round, first pick. And then Raheem Mostert is going in fifth round five. Yep, he's going in, no, round four, pick nine. So, you know, so you got Mostert. Mostert. So Mostert gets hurt, kills a lot of people's teams last year, and moves up around <laughs> in ADP. For real, moves up around. It don't make no the sense. value of running back just never changes in fantasy. Nope, it don't make no sense. But this is the other thing. So, you know, Trey Sermon right now, we're talking about May. Trey, I promise you, as rookie running camp, you know, training camps go on and training camp starts, his ADP is going to go up. I would be surprised – if it was tw- if you're getting Trey Sermon in the twelfth round in August, I would be very very surprised. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he's moving up to round nine, ten. Yeah. So, and I'm telling you, like he's a guy that if you know, as soon as because I'm not kidding, as soon as I see Wilson go, I want him the next round. The next round, I'm going for him because I don't want to miss out on him because I think people are so high on Jeff, for, you know, on Wilson because of what he did last season. And if you watch Jeff Wilson, he's a compiler. He's not a guy that, you know, broke a lot of long runs and all. You know, he was great. He wasn't like, oh, my God, this dude is amazing. He was kind of just like, bleh. He's he's kind of a thumper. Yeah. He's a goal line back that they use him on the goal line a lot. Um, Takes basically just a touchdown thief. Yep. Um, But, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what he is. He's a strong back. I mean, he had that one very good game last year. Uh, outside of that, it really hasn't done much. I think he got hurt in that game and was never heard from again. Yeah. Yep. All right. 
So moving on to the NFC East, last division. Um, the Dallas Cowboys, nothing really to talk about. Obviously, just Dak coming back and how that improves everybody, you know, from Ezekiel Elliott to the wide receivers. Yep. So um, nothing really to add there. I mean, that you don't already know that, you know, they went so heavy on defense in their draft that, you know, unless you're dealing with IDP leagues where Michael Parsons is obviously going to be, you know, a, a pretty good pick. Yep. Um, you know, really nothing really to talk about on this one with, mm. with, with Dallas. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, you, you know, when we get into the breakdowns of each, you know, division as we always do, which is going to start, you know, the beginning of June, we take all of June and July and we go through every single team and we break down, you know, every division so we're gonna yep. do that coming up yep all right so moving on we have the new york giants um so steve really likes the giants offseason this year getting galladay getting Kadarius tony in the draft adding a first rounder next year which could be absolutely huge because think about it next year they're gonna have two first round picks mm-hmm. if daniel jones sticks up stinks up the joint you know what they're going to be trying to do next year. It's going to be use those two first rounders, possibly the first rounder in the following year, go move up and get a quarterback. Um, so this, you know, this is kind of a make or break year for Daniel Jones. And they, they basically said, look, we're giving you a number one wide receiver in Galladay. We're adding a dynamic playmaker to your, to your slot in Kadarius, Tony, you still have Darius Slayton, who you have a great rapport with. You have the best running back or one of the best running backs in football coming back. This is your year to show us what you can do. So Daniel Jones is kind of like on the hot seat this year, I think. Yeah. Uh, so just talking about Kadarius, Tony, I know a lot of people are going to poo-poo, you know, Kadarius Tony this year. They're going to say, you know, he doesn't run routes well, which he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't move the needle for some people as much as other people. For me, you don't take a guy 20th overall and not use him. Like, the, to me, uh, he's going he's gonna to get definitely. targets. Yeah, He's going to get targets. This dude is just way too dynamic in the open field to not get targets. Like, and this is the other thing. So a lot of people are saying that – you know, with Kenny Dalladay being on the outside and Sterling Shepard, you know, they thought he was going to move into the slot. Obviously, he's not because Kadarius Tony is going to be the slot guy there. Uh, but Kadarius Tony could also play on the outside too, like he showed that you know in college. So I think they're going to maneuver those guys around. Kadarius Tony is going to be all over the field. He'll line up in the backfield. He'll line up in the slot. He'll line up in the outside. He'll line up all over the field as just a weapon. They're going to use him the way that the Kansas City Chiefs used Tyreek Hill in the beginning of his career, you know, close to the line on bubble screens, you know, he would come out of the backfield on end rounds, you know, they just want the ball in this dude's hands, right? You have, and and the perfect situation for this whole thing to happen is, so you bring in Kyle Rudolph, who's one of the blessed blocking tight ends in the NFL, right? You got him blocking with your offensive line. You got Saquon going to the right. You got Kadarius Tony going, you know, on a, on an end around to the left. Where do you go? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what side of the field do you defend? It's just, to me, this offense is, like, it's got so much speed, you know, around it. It's just crazy. Kenny Galladay is un- unstoppable one-on-one, and which, 
with all, all the weapons they have, I don't see how they can double them. Like you cannot double, uh, you know, Kenny Galladay when you got Kadarius Tony in the slot. You got you know Saquon Barkley coming out of the backfield. It, there's just too much going on in this offense for you to double it. If Daniel Jones does not have a top 14 season this year, he's just terrible. He's just he's sucky butt. He's a dude that just does not need to be in the NFL anymore because there is no reason, no reason that this dude should not be a very good NFL quarterback this year. 100% agree. All right, Philadelphia Eagles. Devontae Smith, uh, Landon Dickerson, Kenneth Gainwell are the offensive players uh, that they drafted. They obviously just picked up on Johnson uh, not too long ago, re-signed Jordan Howard. Um, they're obviously riding with Jalen Hurts this year. Uh, what do you think they're – what do you think – so what do you think they're the – what do you think the feeling is going into the year on Hurts? Uh, I think Hurts is going into the season and it's a prove-it year. I, I think – Yeah. You know, and it's – to me, if I'm being honest – if we find out that Deshaun Watson gets a six-game suspension, right, he cannot be traded. I think he can be traded during the suspension. He just has to serve it. He has to be on an NFL roster, you know, to serve those games. So, obviously, he's on the Texans. Texans are not going to release Deshaun Watson because they need to get a trade partner. If we find out that he's getting a six-game ban, I think the Eagles wait until, like, week four to figure out if Jalen Hurts can do the job. And if he can't, I would not be surprised if they trade for Jalen Hurt. I mean, for Deshaun Watson at that point. That would not surprise me. Most likely, he'll get traded in the offseason. But I could see them going after him you know, during the season just to make sure that they get him for next year. Uh, but talking about Jalen Hurts, and the reason why I wanted to do this, uh, you know, I was telling Kev that I was actually excited to talk about the Eagles. So from what the Eagles did in the offseason, I – really like it man so Kenny Gainwell you know I was surprised he went in the fifth round I thought he was easily a third down third third round guy I thought that he'd be a guy that you know teams see how well he catches the ball and that's another thing he like a lot of people say he's just a pass catching back he's 5'11 195 right like he's basically Miles Sanders size you know he's like whatever 15 pounds lighter than Miles Sanders is so he's not really like a small guy you know what I mean? You want him to be two, two hundred five, two ten. He's one ninety five. He's a little bit, you know, he's a little bit small for for a running back. But I, I, I like everything I saw out of this kid in college. He catches the ball insanely well. All right, he might be the best pass catching back in in the draft this year. You know, other than Travis Etienne. But I liked everything I saw from this dude, uh, Devontae Smith. I know some people are going, oh, I don't know if he's, you know, the number one target. He will be the number one target for this team. If you looked at – a lot of people are, are trying to say, you know, Dallas Goddard and all that stuff, right? But Jalen Hurts – this is another thing I hate about, you know, when, people, when I hear people talk about Jalen Hurts. People are like, oh, yeah, he's just a running guy, blah, blah, blah. In the four games that he played last year, he was averaging like 20 – 37 passes a game, Okay. 37 passes a game. That's a yeah. lot. Different different system, though. I mean, Yeah, it's definitely a different system. You but know, I don't think Nick Sirianni is going to come in with the, with the 
I don't run the football. You know, Frank oh, Rick no. obviously comes in running the football. So let's, I, I don't think we're going to see that kind of thing this year from Jalen Hurts unless the Eagles are just getting blown out and you know losing and they games. Need to. And, and I yeah. get, and I completely, I completely agree. I think that's definitely a thing. But to say that Jalen Hurts does not throw the ball, he had two games last no. year. He had four, a forty against the Arizona Cardinals, right? He went, he threw forty-four passes for three hundred and thirty-eight yards, three touchdowns, right? Yep. That that's a lot of passes being thrown, right? And obviously they were losing that game. They ended up losing thirty-three to twenty-six, but that's a lot of passes, right? And the, and the other game where he threw a bunch of passes, he threw, let me see here, 39 passes for 348 yards, right? So, like, two games where a lot of people are saying uh, he's Lamar Jackson, his rookie year. That's not true. Lamar Jackson, his rookie year, he didn't have a game over 200 passing yards. He didn't throw for 200 passing yards in any game in his rookie year, right? Yep. So, so I, don't, I don't see how you make that comparison. So, Devonta Smith – if this team throws the ball just league average, let's say 530 times or something around there, right? Jalen Rager, when he played with Jalen Hurts, saw an average of 6.3 targets per game. Jalen Rager was very good at the end of the year. Yes, right? So he's seeing six, at least six targets a game. And one of those games, he only saw one target because it was against the Washington Redskins, if you remember, and the Washington Redskins defense is stupid. Like, they're really, really good. Right, so he only saw one target, and he still averaged six point three. Right, so I just don't see how Devonta doesn't get at least nine targets a game. Right, and if he does, he's going to be a guy that I want. Like he's going, I'll tell you right now where he's going in 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 drafts. I want to see he's going in like the seventh or eighth round. Let's see here. So Devonta Smith is going. He's going in round nine. All right? So, ninth round pick. I love that. Yeah, I like that too. Like, uh, to me, a guy that I think is clearly going to be the number one on his team, I just don't see <laughs> – I don't see how he doesn't see at least eight to ten targets a game on, on an Eagles team that if their defense plays the way it did last year is, is going to be – he's going to have to throw the ball. Yep. Uh, I agree. Um, I, I've come around on the Eagles offseason. Um, I'm a big fan of Landon Dickerson. Uh, big fan. I, I think that he'll probably be the left guard until Kelsey retires and then he'll slide over to center. Uh, but that but that really shores up that line because you get, you'll get you get Brandon Brooks back. You'll have Lan, uh, Lane Johnson uh, healthy. You'll have Kelsey healthy. You get a guy like Dickerson. And then really your left tackle, you have, you know, uh, uh, Dilliard and uh, uh, what's the rugby? Mylotta, um fight it out to see to for that position. So, yeah, I think I think you know the Eagles did well this offseason. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it translates to the field. Um, and last but not least, the Washington football team. Um, obviously. You know, they get Ryan Fitzpatrick, it seems like, who's going to be their quarterback. I've heard that they are also in the mix for Deshaun Watson as well, Aaron Rodgers as well. Um, you know, you have Terry McLaurin there. You have Curtis Samuel, who they bring in. They draft Deami Brown. Um, you know, Antonio Gibson still back in, still in the backfield. Uh, you know, this is a team that has some very viable weapons. 
Um, and I just I I said it in last you know the last podcast or you know when we were talking about them um, after free agency. I just think that Ryan Fitzpatrick makes Terry McLaurin like probably you know, a top 15, top 12 receiver, in my opinion. Like, I literally think McLaurin could be a wide receiver one this year. Yep, I agree. Yeah, so I really like what the Washington football team did this offseason. I I, I mean, we're going to, like I said, we're going to do the team breakdowns and we'll get into breaking down everything. But I just, you know, I have no issues with anything that this team did. I told you guys already that I love their draft. I thought their draft was amazing. They, you know, they were, I think they were in my top three of you know best drafts in in the league. And you know, Deami Brown I think brings kind of what Terry McLaurin brings, and obviously not as dynamic, but he's 21 years old. He can learn. He has a whole lot of learning to do. Um, Antonio Ganny Golden is another guy. Last year I was telling you guys I really, really liked. If you could get him in Dynasty, put him in your taxi squad. He's going to be, you know, a guy that I'm very, very interested in. I mean, not he hasn't played the wide receiver position for all that much, and he's only 23 years old. He's got a lot of room to grow. Like, there's a lot of things on this team that I think are going to be, you know, very, very good. So, you know, it's going to be a very interesting season with the Washington football team and uh you know ryan fitzpatrick i think just kind of brings it all together and i know a lot of people are yeah, ryan fitzpatrick he's a journeyman blah, blah 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 but if you watch the way ryan fitzpatrick played the past two seasons he was actually very good he didn't lose his job because of no. yeah he didn't lose his job yeah. because of play he lost his job because they wanted to get younger with quarterbacks in both places that he was in yeah where was he before he was where was he before um Miami. Do you recall? I'm trying to Was think. he in Tampa? He was in Tampa. That's it. So it wasn't younger quarterback necessarily there. Jameis was just their guy. Yes. He was their backup. But um you know, with Miami, he, he was obviously way better than Jameis though. Yeah, he, <laughs> he played better. Well, close. Way better. He, yeah, and he played much better than, than Tua last year. They were a playoff team until he they took him out of the out of the uh It's funny took like, him. I thought it was so funny last year watching watching the Dolphins play last year because they'd be like they brought two in they were like all right and then like the second game they're like all right two you gotta get out of here bro you suck yelling yep. like they're losing they need to win this game Ryan Fitzpatrick goes in tries to save it can't do it then they do like two games later they did the same shit again it was just like a comedy show it's like dude like. If you're gonna bring in your rookie, you can't you can't bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick to come in and play for this dude if he's not playing well. Like, come on, man! Just you should have left Ryan Fitzpatrick alone. And honestly, if Ryan Fitzpatrick played all season last year and they let Tua develop and learn, uh, the Dolphins make the playoffs. Like, I nope. I have no even like there's no doubt in my mind that the you know the Dolphins make the playoffs last year if they just stuck with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I 100% agree. I think the Washington football team this year could be very viable. Uh, you know, last year they won the division. The NFC East has not had a re- repeat uh, division winner, I think, since like 2006, maybe, or 2004. Uh, it's been an, a different champion, a different uh, division champion every year since then. Um, so the odds are against Washington this year. Uh, that being said, you know, they are definitely. Uh, you know, somebody that's going to compete for this division and, and, you know, try to get back to the playoffs the way they did last year. Yep. I agree. 
All right, guys. So make sure you follow us on Twitter. If you guys have any questions, you can ask us on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Cheat Code Sports, just the way it sounds. And Kev, you can catch at K underscore love 0033. So if you guys have any fantasy questions or anything you guys want to talk to us about or anything like that, just hit us up on the Twitter. All right, and that is it for tonight's podcast. Uh, we will be back at you next week with another one. Um, and like Steve said, you know, June is coming. Once June hits, we'll be starting our, uh, you know, two-team breakdowns where we'll go through every player that's draftable on each team um, and, you know, carry that into, you know, most of your drafts. So the fantasy season is quickly approaching everyone, so it's time to start getting excited about some NFL football. Hell yeah. And until next time, peace out, guys. Peace.